Pastor Xavier Reese says God's plan for your life may differ significantly from yours. Now you may find yourself in some present circumstances that are not the most desirable, but if you are a child of God, then you are there by appointment. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God and those who are called according to His purpose. If you don't recognize that, then you think that you're being persecuted for your righteousness sake, but God has you there for divine purpose. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. A wonderful marriage, a promising post-collegiate career, or falsely charged, chained up in a dank Roman prison. Some of God's appointments in life may sound pretty appealing at times, and at other times may seem like God is nowhere in sight. And today we'll hear encouragement from the Apostle Paul with the scriptural perspective that puts any situation right in the center of God's will. Here's Pastor Xavier offering this very simple truth from the book of Philippians. Let's listen. God told Isaiah the prophet, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Isaiah 55, 8 through 9. Keep that in mind through your life in Christ. Sometimes you're going to know exactly what God is doing and rejoice with Him. A lot of the times, you're not going to have any idea, and you're going to be persuaded he couldn't be in it, and he's in it more than anything else. No truer was this statement than in the life of Paul during his imprisonment here at Rome. The Philippians were very concerned about Paul, knowing that he was awaiting to go before the supreme tribunal of Rome, and perhaps they thought that the preaching of the gospel due to his imprisonment, was going to come to a halt. As you read the epistle, he had already gone before at least one hearing, and it looked favorable. He even shares that he was expecting to come to visit them. And so Paul gives the Philippians a missionary update regarding the gospel by telling them not to misunderstand the ways of God in proclaiming the gospel and offers them three facts about the gospel and his imprisonment to reveal that to them. And he gives us that in verses 12 through 18. Let me read that for you. He says, But I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. It has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. And most of the brethren in the Lord having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ even from envy and strife, and some also from goodwill. The former preach Christ from selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing to add afflictions to my chains, but the latter out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And in this, I rejoice, yes, and I will rejoice. The three facts about the gospel and his imprisonment are as follows. First, the present assignment was from God, verse 12. 
Secondly, the proof was in people's response to his imprisonment. Verses 13 and 14. And then thirdly, the personal motives for preaching by men vary. Verse 15 through 18. Let's begin here with the present assignment. It was from God. No accident, no tragedy, but an appointment from God. Notice first, Paul wanted them to know that the things that had happened to him were allowed by God. And he later on will use the word appointed. Remember that at Caesarea, Agabus, the prophet, had prophesied that Paul would be bound and delivered into the hands of the Gentile in Acts 21, 11. Everybody started weeping, and Paul says, what do you mean to weep? I'm not only ready to be bound, but I'm also ready to die. At Jerusalem, he was accused of bringing Gentiles into the temple falsely. And you know how that went. They almost killed him. The centurion guard came, took him away. He got up on the stairs and he said, give me allowance to speak. He says, aren't you that? Egyptian? No, I'm not that rebel. He says, go ahead. And he began to speak. They listened to him until he said, God sent him to the Gentiles. <laughs> they almost killed him again. Acts 23, 11. Then a plot against his life was discovered by his nephew, not by coincidence, by appointment. That's a whole different sermon. And he was transferred to Caesarea on the Mediterranean, where he was a political prisoner for two years until he was forced to appeal to Caesar. You get that from Acts 23 to chapter 26. When Paul got to Rome, we are told that he dwelled in his own hired house or his own rented house for two years, and no one was ever hindered from coming to him. You find that in Acts 28.30. This was by divine appointment. But from Paul's perspective, it was divine perspective which focused on God's doing, not human accident. You see, his focus was on what God had called him to be and to do. So important that you and I keep that in mind as God calls us so that when all the difficult times come that we don't lose sight of what our calling in Christ is, what he has promised, who we are, what he's done. Otherwise, you focus on self, and you know what happens when you focus on self. You get depressed. There's no one that will depress you more than yourself. <laughs> Get your eyes off yourself. A whole generation says, love yourself. Live for yourself. Is there any wonder why people are destroyed and depressed? Notice, secondly, Paul wanted them to know that all these things were allowed by God in order to further the gospel. In other words, God does not allow things just to happen to you and I that are uncomfortable just to make us squirm. To make our life miserable. Some people have a wrong concept of God that once they're saved, you know, that God's still going to pay them back for some of the old sins. No, 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 no. They're forgiven. They're gone. And they say, well, yeah, you know, I do have to pay for some of those things. No, you don't have to pay for anything. Jesus paid for that. Now, you may have to bear some natural consequences, but that's not God's punishment. That's just reaping and sowing, right? That's different. Notice the apostle addressed them as brethren. The word brethren means born of the same parents and is used of the common race, depending on the context. What he's doing here is he's using this word to identify himself with the Philippians as having the same spiritual family through the new birth of Christ Jesus. 
You know, most of us come from various backgrounds, and some of us couldn't even identify because we're so contrary to one another in, in the natural realm. And we come from different backgrounds, cultures, economic uh, levels and everything, and yet in Christ, we are one, and we are, see ourselves as one. And that's the greatest power of the gospel, that all those barriers that man puts and society puts, they're broken down. Now, we're not stupid. We understand that even as Christians, we've got a long way to go, and we've got a lot of little things that God has to deal with us, and we don't like certain people because of personality clashes. We may not even like some people because they're colored even in Christ. And God has to deal with us. We're not perfect, but now we are accountable to Christ and the gospel. And that's why I love when I look out to the audience and I see uh, blacks, I see Mexicans, I see Orientals, I see white people. Everybody, I see people with suits, I see people just with shorts, I see people with hair, long hair, no hair, short hair. It's great. I love it. Variety, diversity. God magnifies unity that way. The word appears nine times, brethren. And God knows what bad memories we have. So he made it easy for us. We just call each other brother and sister because we forget names. <laughs> The family love is expressed from the very beginning of the letter. Look at chapter 1, verse 4. He says, Always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you with all joy. Verse 7, the middle portion there. He says, Because I have you in my heart. Verse 8, For God is my witness, how greatly I long for you all with the affections of Jesus Christ. Isn't it interesting that some of us are closer to each other than some of our natural family members. That's not a snub or a put down for our families. That goes to show the reality of the bond that God makes through you and I for each other because we're of the same mind and we understand the real purpose of life. And it makes all the difference in the world. That doesn't mean we don't love our family members. We just understand that they're lost and they don't understand the motive for our life. And so we continue to pray because we have the greater light and responsibility. We know why they feel the way they do. The word furtherance, notice, is used by Paul here. I want you to know, brethren, that the things that have happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. The word means to make an advance, to cut down in advance. In fact, the word is a military Word used for a military expedition to cut down obstacles and forests beforehand so that the arriving army can follow. You make a trail. You blaze the trail. You are the reconnaissance. You are the point man, if you will. The word is used three times in the New Testament. Here in verse 12 and verse 25 of the same chapter, where he speaks there and being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress. There's the word. And joy and faith. Then in 1 Timothy 4.15 it's used. Three times. A key word here. You see, Paul had been sent beforehand by God to clear the way as a pioneer appointment. He was blazing the trail. Not that there weren't Christians there because we know there was a church at Rome. He wrote to them, right? A church that he commended. And yet, Paul was sent to break ground in an area that had not been touched. 
Paul was God's messenger to the Gentiles. You know that. He calls himself an apostle of the Gentiles. And yet, he preached to the Jews and the religious rulers in Jerusalem because they were his people. He loved them. Paul tells us in Romans chapter 9, 10, and 11, he could wish himself a curse for his brethren, the Jew. He preached to Felix, Festus, and Agrippa every time he was brought out. And now he was preaching at Rome. This was divine purposes, not human planning. You remember when he went to Ananias, the Lord says, He's a chosen vessel unto me to preach to the Gentiles, to the Jews, and to kings. And Jesus told Paul himself, You've been witness to me in Jerusalem. You shall also bear witness of me in Rome. Paul was there by appointment. As they went, remember the ship, the storm, and he stood up after many days, hadn't eaten, the sun hadn't come through, and he says, listen, an angel of God whom I serve appeared to me and says nothing will be lost of the ship except for the tackle. Be a good cheer. Eat. <laughs> All the way, Paul saw that God was behind what was going on. Now, you may find yourself in some present circumstances that are not the most desirable, but if you are a child of God, walking in obedience, then you are there by appointment. You may not like the appointment. I don't like going to the dentist, but, you know, it's by appointment. We need to understand that this does not refer to a situation that we bring upon ourselves through disobedience and attempt to make God one with our sin, because sometimes Christians do that. You know, they reap to their flesh. They, well, you know, God's in and God will use it. And yes, God will use it, but let's not say that God's in our sin with us, okay? This is through obedience. This is through walking in the spirit that we're talking about. This is the context, okay? We better distinguish between God's appointments and our own reaping to the flesh. If we don't, then we really make God as one with our sin. He will use everything for his glory, but he does not appoint sin to drag us down. It could be your marriage that is your appointed time right now. It could be your job where you're at. There's not the best. You wish you were somewhere else, but God has you there. It could be difficult people that God has brought into your life. And somehow, if you don't recognize that, then you think that you're being persecuted for your righteousness sake, but God has you there for a divine purpose. It could be closed doors. Yes, closed doors are by God's appointment for our own protection to reroute us. Remember, the Holy Spirit hindered them from preaching in Mysia. He was directing them to Macedonia, to Troas, where they saw a vision from the man of Macedonia come over and help us, and they went, boom, where to? Philippi. God says no many, many times to me, appointed times. One thing is for sure, if you're a Christian, and your life is directed by God, your life will not work out the way you planned it, but the way God directs it. <laughs> if you're going to be a Christian, obedient to Christ, hear me again, your life will not work out the way you planned it, but the way God directs it. Paul tells the Romans in Romans 8, 28, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and those who are called according to his purposes. God, who has saved us, Paul says, and called us with a holy calling, not according to our own works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which is given to us in Christ Jesus before time began, 2 Timothy 1.8. 
So he gives us the grace sufficient for the task. And he doesn't give me the grace and the strength until the task comes. So I can't get ahead of God. You remember when Jesus told Peter at the end of John's gospel and they were all talking about how was God was going to use him. He started talking about John and, and, and the rumor started that John wasn't going to die because the Lord isn't that. And, and Jesus never said that. And the rumor started by his disciples. But he turned to Peter and he says, Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. Speaking of his death by crucifixion, John 21, 18. Appointments. God's will. I don't know how I'm going to die. I wish God would have given me a slip and I could check the box in my sleep <laughs> or something. But I don't know. I know that until God dismisses my spirit and I'm in this body, I am under divine appointment. That's heavy. Because there are some circumstances that are not that nice. But God's in my life. You can be sure that God will use whatever he has allowed in order to remove obstacles and to cut down forested areas in your own life and mine. For the purpose that the light of the gospel might make an advance first in your life and mine, second in the life of others. You see, you and I have some real hard areas, big trees, and God has to mow them down. Only the gospel can do that. So it can make an advance in my life. First in your life and mine to press us towards maturity. He'll deal with that in chapter 3, verse 12 through 16. Realizing that to live is Christ. He's going to say that in chapter 1, verse 21. Responding with the mind of humility of Christ. Chapter 2, verse 3. Reaching towards the goal set by Christ in chapter 3, verse 14. And resorting to the strength of Christ, chapter 4, verse 13. That's maturity. But secondly, to present the gospel to others. By living it, by being a servant, and by giving the gospel out. By living it, he deals with conduct. Chapter 1, verse 27, 2, 12, 3, 17, 4, 1. By being a servant... He uses Christ as the example, chapter 2, verse 7, the epitome of servanthood. Then he says himself, verse 17, Timothy, verse 22, Epaphroditus, verse 25. See, if we just use Christ as the example, we say, yeah, but he was God. Then Paul says, now remember, I'm there, Paul's there, Epaphroditus is there. Uh-oh, we're busted. <laughs> we can be like Christ. Paul's real practical. And by giving the gospel, this was the whole crux of his imprisonment. Preach Christ, the furtherance of the gospel. So the present assignment was from God. No accident. How do you see your life? An accident? I hope not. Not if you're in Christ. You're there by appointment. Secondly, 
The proof was in people's response to his imprisonment, verses 13 and 14. Notice first in verse 13, he says, So that it has become evident in the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. So first of all, the unbeliever was being evangelized. Roman soldiers were hearing that Paul's imprisonment and his chains were due to his faith in Christ. The palace guard here knew Paul was a Roman citizen and that he had appealed to Caesar. Caesar was going to hear his case. As a matter of fact, he lets us know that the first hearing has already taken place, at least one, because he looks at it favorable. The apostle had been accused falsely at Jerusalem by the Jews. And after two years, he was forced to appeal to Caesar. And he was sent as a prisoner. But notice the phrase, palace guards, praetorium. It can be used for a palace, barracks, or judicial authorities, or for soldiers. Seven of the eight times that this word appears in the New Testament, the context implies judgment hall. This is the only place that the context refers to people. Therefore, it refers to the elite imperial bodyguard of Caesar or the emperor. You see, the elite imperial bodyguard consisted of 10,000 uh, hand-picked men of Italian descent instituted by Augustus. They would be changed every six hours and they would be handcuffed to Paul. So they were on rotating shifts. Therefore, they would hear Paul preach, teach, counsel, give advice for church. And in fact, Paul was not chained to them, but they were chained to Paul by appointment. <laughs> Many of them had come to Christ. He finishes the epistle in chapter 4, verse 22, by saying, All the saints greet you, but especially those who are the Caesar's household. <laughs> How interesting. But notice also that Roman subjects were also hearing that Paul's imprisonment and chains were due to his faith in Christ. The, the phrase, all the rest, refers to the Jew and Gentile, whether it be within the palace or outside the palace. You see, most prisoners that were brought, they were brought for political treachery, betrayal, opposition, something. This man was in there because of his faith in Christ. It was different. He was a Roman citizen, a man of exemplary background. Everybody was talking about him and the fact that he was there for the gospel. Isn't that weird? And the word got around. The record of Acts states that no one was hindered from coming to him. And so here Paul taught, he counseled, and what happens when people are around the gospel? The Spirit of God begins to convict them of their sin, and you know what? There comes a point of decision, and either their heart gets harder, or they give in to Christ. Pastor Xavier Reese reminds us how observing any situation from God's perspective helps us to see how He does indeed work everything for good to those who love Him. 
Now, if you'd like, you can hear this message again anytime online by browsing for today's date when you click on the radio listings link at calvarychapelpasadena.com. But if you prefer your own personal copy of today's study, as always, we have them available on CD as well. You'll be asking for the title, My Next Assignment, and we can send one your way for just $4. And these make a very convenient way to pass this ministry on to others you know. Once again, the title to ask for is My Next Assignment, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And it's important that you include the call letters of this station somewhere in your correspondence. This information is helpful when we check on the impact of this outreach in your area. A locked prison gate still can't close the door on the spread of the gospel. See how when we enter Paul's prison cell next time on Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 